But yeah, so just to, just around the corner, Christmas is coming coming quick. One of my favorite Christmas movies. I know we shouldn't be talking about Christmas right now, but I just have to. But one of my favorite Christmas movies is uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. It's the uh, it's the um, claymation version of Rudolph, right? Y'all remember that? All of the younger ones are like, "What is that? What is that?" That strange graphic that they're using. What kind of computer generation is this? It's not. It's claymation. And, uh, and it's great. And I, I love the movie uh, for a lot of reasons. But one is the, the, the characters in it. You know, you know Rudolph, of obviously, uh, is in it. And, um, and then there's Hermie. Remember Hermie? He's the elf that just wants to be a dentist. He doesn't want to make toys. He wants to be a dentist. And then there's Yukon Cornelius, who's, who's prospecting for silver and gold. And, and uh, they're all, they're, all three of them feel like they're misfits. And then I love the line in the movie uh, when they said, let's be independent together, right? Because they all are on this quest to be independent. They want to break out of the mold, um, but they want to be independent together. And I think we're in this constant struggle we feel the same way as Hermie, Rudolph, and Cornelius do. We're, we're in this constant struggle of independence and dependence. Because people frustrate us at times, right? People disappoint us at times. Have you ever been disappointed by somebody? Come on. People hurt us sometimes, and we start to see the baggage that they have and, uh, and that they're carrying around, and they start to see the baggage that we're carrying around. And, and so what happens is we pull away. And we isolate ourselves because we get hurt, because we get disappointed, because we see the baggage, you know. And we go independent. And then something draws us back into, the, into relationships. Is this the same thing that plays out in your life? Anybody? It's that independence, dependence. It's that back and forth. It's kind of like a yo-yo and we just, we just keep going back and forth. Something draws us back. We go back for more. And we go through this relationship cycle. I hope that one of the things that being part of a church uh, like Vibe can help everyone with is, is to break that relationship cycle. It, it's, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle that if we're not careful, we just keep going through it. We go through relationships um, and we exchange them for others. And we don't understand why is it that our relationships only go so far, go so deep. And I believe we miss out on something very important. We're in a series called This Is Us. When you came in, you saw it uh, on the chair, the invite cards. These are for you to give out, by the way. It's not to advertise the sermon in here because it really doesn't make any point. You're already here, right? So uh, the, the idea is give these out. Slip them into those little credit card slots in the gas station. They fit perfect. Leave them in bathrooms wherever people need some reading material. And uh, it's not a whole lot of reading to do. But anyway, just give them out. Invite somebody. But well, this series is what we are all about. You know, every family has values, right? Your, fa- your family has values, whether you know it or not. Maybe they've never been, like, officially written down and declared. Maybe that would be a great exercise for you to do. It would really help you bring clarification to your family. But there are values. There are things that are important to your family. There are those things that, those hills that you'll die on, right? 
And it's really important to know what those things are. We have values at Vive Church. This family has values. And one of the first values that we're going to talk about today and what we're all about is we are all about relationships. We're all about relationships. But yet relationships are tough, right? God designed us for relationship. Now, I know we... Uh, you probably know this. You probably have heard this before. You get it, right? Um, but there's this gap between knowing and doing that we struggle with. And we're going to try to close that gap. It's hard to do. But we're going to try to close that gap. We, uh, you know, we join clubs, organizations to belong. Right? Kids join Gangs, they join clubs, they join teams to belong. And parents sometimes live in a state of chaos, just kind of trying to taxi their kids to all these different places because we want our kids to belong to something, right? We want them to be a part of something. I remember when I was in middle school, um, my brother and I, we fought like bad fight, you know. All the time. He's about 11 years, or 11, excuse me, 11 months older than I am. And, um, and so we were at each other's throats literally all the time. And mom said, okay, enough. And so in, in the seventh grade, she enrolled us in wrestling. She's like, channel that stuff. And, and she had the old farmer um, wrestling coach beat it out of us. And he did. Um, but we, 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 sometimes we live in chaos of just keeping our kids going thing after thing after thing. And if, if belonging is so important, if it's, if it's so important and, and we were wired for this, then why aren't we better at it? Why do we struggle? And what keeps us from belonging? What, is, what, are the, what is it that, that kind of uh, interrupts or the obstacles that we face? It's important for us to understand that because if we're, if we're going to close the gap, if we're going to get better at it, then we've got to understand what are the obstacles we face. One of the things, the obstacles we face is that we're all different, right? We're, obviously, we're wired differently. We have different personalities. And there's, there's certain things that we, we just are wired that way. And we have, you know, with that personality comes, you know, this, this you know, Things that you like to do. and So we have all these differences. And we tend to, to get put in situations with people who are different personalities, right? You probably married, if you're married today, you probably married somebody who's an opposite personality than you are. Uh, you're working a job. God has this great sense of humor to put bosses over you that are different personality types or or employees that you have to work with all the time that are different personality types, right? And you just want to wring their neck, right? No? Sure you do. But you don't, hopefully. Or you'll be on the news. But, you know, so one of the things, one of the obstacles that we have is, is that we're different personalities. And sometimes we just, we just really don't understand that and we just really don't care. We don't really care what the other personality is. Um, we're us and we love us and that's, that's how it is. But we have to understand that, you know, the people that we are close to are wired differently. Your kids probably have a different personality than you do. And before you hurt them, just understand that they are wired differently than you are. 
They see life differently than you. And so it's, it's, it's like learning a language, and you learn that language and that, that, that emotional language to, to be able to communicate and get along and, and work together. But that's one of the obstacles. We could spend a lot of time if, um, if we had it this morning, but that's just one thing. Second thing is we all have insecurity. Is there anybody in here that doesn't have any insecurities? We all have insecurities. And when you're in a relationship, those insecurities just kind of get blown out of proportion. And so it's one of the obstacles. Um, we feel sometimes like, I, I don't belong because that person has it all together or they, they've got things going on more than I do. And so we struggle with that. And those insecurities can erode and destroy the relationship that is forming. And a lot of times that, that is what happens in the relationship cycle. And another thing is the hurts that we carry, the baggage that we carry into the relationship. And we, 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 we carry those hurts in and we keep them in the bag for a while, but then we get comfortable with one another, right? And then it's like, oh, let me unpack this. And it's like, ah, what do we do with that? Another thing is fear. What if I feel rejected again? And so we hold back out of those fears. These are all obstacles. These are things, they're challenges that we face. Because if, if, if relationships and doing relationships and belonging is so important, and it is to us as a church, it should be to you as an individual. It should be to you as a family. Those relationships should be uh, your top priority. should be at the top of your value list. But if those relationships are so important, if God wired us for relationships, why is it so challenging? And if that wasn't enough, all of those things, the, the, the last on my list, the challenges or obstacles that we face when it comes to relationships and belong, belonging is time, right? How, many, how, how, how often do we say that, I, well, man, I just don't have time. We don't make it a priority, and so we have all these obstacles that we have to overcome in order to be good at relationships. And see, we were created for these relationships, and we were also called to relationships. Listen, Jesus never intended the church to be a place, but instead, he intended for the church to be a gathering of people. It's a movement. And when the church behaves like a place... It makes for a bad church. Did you hear me? When the church behaves like a place, it makes for a bad church. A bad church experience. When it behaves like a movement, it changes people's lives and it changes the world. And that's what we're about at Vibe Church. We're about relationships. We're about going deep in relationships. We're about allowing God to use each other to change the other person. We can't fulfill Scripture without being in relationship, without being together. There's a lot of them in Scripture, a lot of one another's, but there's forgive one another, accept one another, care for one another, encourage one another, submit to one another, restore one another, bear with one another, carry one another's burdens, and the list goes on. We can't fulfill those things without deep relationships. 
And that's what we're about. I believe it's God's plan to grow you through others. And it's God's plan to grow others through you. Let me say it again. You might want to write it down. Is it on the screen? There it is. God's plan to grow you, excuse me, God's plan to grow you is through others. And God's plan to grow others is through you. I hope we've already destroyed the idea that if you're uh, trying to grow spiritually, and this is really what we're, we're going to focus a lot on next week in spiritual growth, and this ties into that. There's, you can't grow spiritually on your own. It was never God's design. It was never his intention for you to just be this silo and uh, you know, isolated and grow spiritually. What happens when we do that is, is uh, we have this this warped sense of spirituality we have this warped sense of a relationship with God we don't get it right we have to grow together it brings balance although there's struggle right there's struggle when you're together because you just sometimes you get on each other's nerves sometimes you just got to be patient with that person and it's like really again we got to deal with this again and in that process Believe it or not, God is doing something in your heart as well as their heart. There's spiritual growth that's happening in them and spiritual growth that's happening in you. That's God's plan. See, our relationships are always changing. They're always changing. Every time you change a job, the dynamic of our relationships change. You move to a different neighborhood. You start a new school. Join a new church relationships change and it's sometimes it's easy for people to just feel like you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not do the relationship thing I'm gonna just do the basic of I gotta get by because I gotta work with this person and I gotta live next door to this person you know I gotta do I'm just gonna do the basics and if that's our mentality maybe because it hurts maybe because it's just too much work right we're missing out. Our goal, our ultimate goal is to grow up, and we'll talk about that next week a lot. But just getting by and just doing the basics isn't going to work. The Apostle Paul um, is an interesting guy. He wrote most of the New Testament. And, uh, and one of the letters that he wrote, we're going to look at in 1 Thessalonians. It's his most personal letter written to the church in Thessalonica, or I think the Greeks pronounce it Thessaloniki. And so he wrote this letter to the church there that he was responsible for for starting. He was uh, invested in these people's lives, and it's a very personal letter to the church there, and, and we're going to look at something in just a minute. But Paul's an interesting guy because he, he, he grew up in, a, in, in Tarsus. He was educated in Jerusalem, lived in Damascus. He spent formative time in the desert, moved to Antioch, and, uh, and that was really just the beginning of his life. And then, then he spent um, uh, three different times on extensive missionary campaigns, traveled city to city. But everywhere he went, he established a band of people who huddled together in a supportive and encouraging community called the church. What's interesting is, Saul, who would later be 
called Paul. Saul was a very religious person. He was trained as a, as a Pharisee, and, and uh, Pharisees weren't necessarily known to be real relational because everything was unclean, you know? And so he, he didn't just mingle with the people, but something had happened in his heart, something transformative took place when he came into a relationship with Jesus and he surrendered his life to him he realized the importance of relationships he understood that the church is not about a place it's not about a building it's not about following the rules and he had done that all his life it was about people see it's about our our relationship with one another and then our relationship with God it's so much easier if we think about spiritual growth. It's just, it's just me and God. I can just grow spiritually. But God says, no, it's not just about you and me. It's about you and others. Remember the, the great, greatest commandment Jesus answered we talked about last week? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's, and then he says, but love your neighbor as yourself. So it's both. And we, we want to we look at the second one kind of as option B. You know, we got this, let's do this. Because God doesn't give us any problems, right? He doesn't aggravate us. He's not, you know, he, he, he doesn't make us, you know, deal with all those feelings inside. He's not the messy roommate. But it's both. It's both us, us and God, us and others. So Paul traveled to these different cities, started these churches as an apostle. Apostle is, is basically, a, you know, he, he, was a, he planted churches. He was establishing the church of Jesus Christ in places that had never been before. He was called uh, as an apostle, not to the Jewish people that he was very familiar with. He was called to pagan people. He was called to people who, who didn't know the same God, was never raised the way he was. And so that even makes it more interesting that here's this guy who all of his life up to the point he came into a relationship with Jesus, all his life, they were the outsiders. They were the unclean. You don't, you don't mingle with the pagan people. And now he's going into these cities and he's, he's gathering people together and they're experiencing the presence of the power of God, and churches are being formed, and it was a really cool thing. And here's, here's the kind of the key to, to um, key components to Paul's building of communities and starting of churches. It's in 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 8, and I think it's important for us as a church to come back to. This is our value. This is how we do relationships. This is, these, are, these are key points. And he says, just as a nursing mother, in verse 7, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. I think first thing we got to understand is the need for others. We need each other. We don't need just the people who we get along with, we have everything in common with. 
We see life the same way. Y'all know by now, because you get to hear me every week, you know, I like to have fun. I'm a fun person. And I like to hang around people who are fun. I don't really care for Debbie Downers. If your name's Debbie, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a Debbie here. I didn't even, <laughs> sorry. Debbie's not a downer. I'm, I, I like to have fun. But sometimes I could be a little irresponsible. Just a little. Those of you who are close to me, you know, sometimes I can be. Only on my bad days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, I, but I like to have fun. And so if I just hang around fun people, we're going to have fun. But you know what? I got to learn. I, I got to be with other people. And when I'm with other people and I value those relationships, I grow from them. I've learned that. I've, I've learned to surround myself with people who are different than me, who see life differently. People that, like Lynn, who can look at something and she sees how to make it better, right? That's a positive way to put it. Or Vic, same thing. Look at something and, and you, you can just see it, right? They like, like, this needs to be tweaked, this needs to be tweaked. And Jimmy and I are like, oh, man, it's okay, bro. We're, we're good. Let's, you know, let's, let's go move on to something else, right, Jimmy? And, uh, and so, but I've learned, surround myself with people who, who understand details. But I'll tell you what, you know this because you live in the same world I do. Fun country people and people who see all the details don't necessarily get along all the time, right? Because, you know, you, you, there's, just, there's room for conflict there. But I've learned you've got you've to have both. You've got to value those relationships. It's not just about... Who sees life the way you see it? And you might be married to somebody. Most likely you are. It's, it's amazing how God draws you together with somebody who's opposite. You are attracted to that. It's like, what was I thinking? What drug was I on? It, I mean, perfect example right there. For 50, how many? 54? I was trying to give you a few extra. You haven't even earned your 50 yet. All right, 46. That's awesome. 46 years. But you, um, let's do it. Let's, man, yeah. What's that? Been a battle? Oh, you need a medal. <laughs> Keep it up and she's going to give you a medal across the head. It's called, called a frying pan. But if you're, if you're married, most likely you, you're married to somebody that's opposite. You were attracted to that. And there was, some, there was a reason because God wired you that way. And there's something about that other person that completes you. And, and there's something about the, the people you work with that although you, you, you don't want to be completed by them, that there's completion. There's things that you can learn and grow from one another. And that's why God puts us together. And he doesn't let us just hang together in our nice little groups. And so that's why sometimes the big criticism of churches and places that we go is like, man, there's too many cliques. Anybody ever said that? You ever felt that? Last thing we ever want to hear at Vibe Church is there's cliques or there's too many cliques. There's, we don't have like a click Nazi to like shut them all down, so... Unless we start that, you know, click-killing ministry. Who wants to be in the click-killing ministry? 
But, um, but the last thing I want to hear is, man, there's just too many clicks there. I can't break in. Listen, though, if, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can get lazy and we can just be drawn to those people that are like us. There's nothing malicious in a heart that's, that's you know, sets out to be like, ha, ah, I want to exclude people. But we're just drawn together because of personalities, maybe culture. And so we have to be very careful. We have to be on our guard. Listen, this is a value of ours. We value relationships. We are all about relationships. We're all about deep relationships. The last thing I want is to be just friendly. I mean, I, we should be friendly, right? But if I wanted friendliness, I'd go to, I'd go to Moe's uh, or, or some, you know, Chick-fil-A or, you know, where they've got these employees trained that when you walk in the door, it's like, welcome to Moe's. Anybody been to Moe's lately? Yeah. They still say it. They, they don't say it anymore? Oh, I'm not going to Moe's anymore. They're not friendly. But, you know, these places you go in, hey, how are you doing? They're not even looking up. They just hear the door open. <laughs> I was like, hey. Unfortunately, there's a lot of churches like that. They're friendly. I don't want to be just friendly. But it's really easy for us to fall into that trap. And so we've got to guard that. If it's a value, if it's something that's important to us, we have to be on the guard against that. And we have to understand to value relationships, value other people. And not just other people who are the same as us, but other people who are different. Value people. Just as a child needs a mother, we need each other. And in another letter that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, he, he identified this need to belong. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21 and 22. It says, The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Really, this need for others is rooted deep within our, our souls. God planned it that way. He wired us that way. That's why when you feel like pulling away and being independent, like, man, I'm just tired of this. I got hurt. All that stuff. And you just you pull away, and then it's like you're drawn back. Going back for seconds, right? Going back for it again. Because there's something hardwired in us. God is not going to allow you to be Shrek living in the swamp all by yourself. It's not going to happen. Don't Yeah. That's why God said in Genesis 2.18, It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. Why don't you look at your spouse and say, You're suitable for me. You're suitable for me. Now, in verse 19 of that, that same uh, passage, it says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So God made him a suitable helper. Somebody who... What's a little it's the crazy thing is that I'm certain of it that Eve was a different personality than Adam. 
And after they got over that enamoredness of like, oh, wow, you're naked. Oh, you're naked too. You know, after they got over that, y'all realize they were naked in the garden, right? Just kidding. Whoa, man. After they got over that, they they probably got on each other's nerves, just like you and your spouse do, right? No, I know. But we got to understand Genesis chapter 1 if you're going to understand Genesis chapter 2. Some of you are digressing. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So if yeah, if you want to you want to get into figuring out Genesis, learning about Genesis, we'll hear more about that. But then God said, "Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness." So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. We're created in the image of God. We're created for relationship. There's a reason God wants to have relationship with us. He doesn't just want you to follow his rules. That's not a relationship. He didn't give the rules to you just because he wanted you to just check them off the list. They're for you. I won't go there, but they can deal with that in Genesis. The, The church is tasked with accurately imaging God to this world. That's our responsibility, of accurately imaging God to this world. Our job is to make the invisible kingdom visible. That's why Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples by the love that you have for each other. They'll be able to see the invisible God by the way you treat each other. And that's our task. That's that's what we're responsible for. So when the world goes crazy and nuts, the church remains an image of God to the community, right? Listen, we're coming up on, on politi- political season. Our culture's going to go crazy. Let's just go ahead and say it and prepare. They're going to play cards. They're going to they're gonna go nuts. We are an example of the invisible God. We get to show our community who God is. What a powerful thing. Desperately needed in this time. That's our task. That's what we're tasked with. You know, psychologists say that that the need to belong is central to all other needs. And it affects us mentally, emotionally, behaviorally, and spiritually. And this this need is it's deeply rooted in us. We've already talked about that. So important. God's plan to grow you is through others. And God's plan to grow others is through you. We gotta first we gotta understand the value of others. But then we also put what Paul lays out in his letter to Thess- to the Se- church in Thessalonica is that we need to care for others. It's one thing to Understand the value and say, oh, yeah, you know, relationships are valuable. I know that. I know that. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's where it gets into the nitty-gritty. This is where we got to start putting it into practice, and this is where it's tougher. Because we have that, that um, what's it called, a knowledge behavior gap that we, we know things, but we don't do things. We all have that. And this is where we are intentional. And this is why we talk about small groups, and we're going to talk about them at length in just a bit. But this is why we provide opportunities and, and to, to 
get together and be face-to-face. Right now, you're just looking at the back of somebody's head. You're listening to this talking head. And, you know, great, I, I, I feel like I have something important to say. But I would rather you be face-to-face talking to one another and growing and, 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 and developing spiritually. But I think there's a need for both. Right? And so the second thing, not, not only just we need to understand the value of others, but we also need to care for others. Don't take relationships lightly. In order to survive in this cruel world requires a deep relationship with others. And those, those kind of relationships don't just happen. They require effort. They require lots of effort. I mean, when's the last time you've had a relationship that appears to have crashed and burned? And it just went south. And there was something in you that said, you know what? I'm not going to let that thing die. I'm not, I'm not allowing this relationship to be a casualty. I value this relationship. And you went to that person, whether it was your fault or not, or whatever it was, you know, and you did something to restore that relationship. When's the last time? I could go on. There's, there's a lot of examples. It would probably be embarrassing for, for some of us here. But, uh, but there's, there's some good relationships that went south in my life. And instead of just, you know, doing the funeral and sprinkling some dirt over it, I said, No. I value this relationship. And through that, you grow. Through that, the relationship is deeper. You have those tough conversations. You humble yourself. And there's a lot you learn. Some of you are looking at me like a, kind of like a dog looks at a new dish. You know, it's like, huh? What's that? Listen, we have to learn how to care for one another and not just take relationships for granted and say, oh, there's plenty more out there. We'll just get a new one. In 1 Thessalonians 2.8, Paul says, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We cared for you. You've heard this saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We cared for you because we loved you. And it's important that we care for one another. Third thing Paul says in this letter to the church in Thessalonica is we have to share our lives with others. We have to share our lives with others. Now, we struggled with sharing when we were toddlers, and it hasn't gotten any better. Right? It's true. It's true. We're just, we're just overgrown toddlers. We don't like to share, let alone share our lives. I mean, like, our lives are important. And th- this truth was one of the secrets of Paul's establishment of these supportive relationships called the church. He says, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. Basically, what he's saying is we imparted our lives. 
We shared our lives. We did life together. The church isn't a place you go to. It's not a building. Although we've gathered here today and we refer to it as the church, this is not the church. The church is, is relationships. It's people that come together. The, the Greek word ekklesia, we translate, you know, into, we, we get the word church out of that. It's kind of a long story. But anyway, it means called out ones. We've all been called out of darkness, and, and we've, been, we've gathered together. We've had this, this experience with the living God, and we've been brought into relationship with him, and now we're brought together not to be silos, but to, to come together and to grow together and to fulfill all of those one another's of Scripture because when I do that, when I love you, when I care for you, when I share with you, when I forgive you, all of those, I'm growing. I'm growing spiritually. I'm becoming who God created me to be. Paul didn't go into these communities and just teach doctrine and rules, but he imparted his life. He shared his life with them. It's, it's amazing how when we, we make room in our lives for others and we share our lives with others, how so many things happen. So many things that are inside of our hearts, those walls come down. And when we, we make room for others, we discover the best in others and the best in ourselves because it's God's plan to grow us he grows us through others it's God's plan to grow others through us let me ask you this question and we're going to wrap this up and we're going to be practical and put some legs to this thing and you know what have you done lately or what are you doing currently to develop strong relationships is it a value of yours? Is it of value in your family? What are you doing to, to strengthen those relationships? In the church, what are you doing to develop strong relationships? Or, or are you one of those folks that are kind of like under the radar? You fly in just as worship's about to get started and fly out just as we sing the last song? Yes, I'm picking on you today. Is it is it, is it about time? Is it about, you know, what, what, what's going on? And what are you doing to currently develop strong relationships? One of the ways, and it's not the only way, but one of the ways that we do that, evive and, and, and provide an opportunity is through our small groups. It's kind of a two-winged approach. There's what happens here on Sunday morning and you know, sometimes it's interactive like it was today, but most of the time it's, it's not, you know, we're, I'm talking, you're listening and, uh, and hopefully we're experiencing God and his words taking root in our heart and, but the other wing is relationships and, and that's just where, that's what happens in the small groups. It's really not just about the information that's transmitted. Although there's information that will be transmitted. There's, 
information and teaching that will happen, but it's about life being imparted. And so I want to ask Bob and Dana if they'd come up. These are our seasoned 46 years of marriage. Woo! That's what we, we call, yeah, you're seasoned. I'll leave it there. I got to get you a mic. Oh. Right. She's rebellious. I want, She's I want not uh, coming. Bob and Dana, and then, uh, and then uh, Jack and Michelle is going to come up, and then Kevin and Lynn. Uh, Kevin's got a, he had an appointment this morning with work, so he's not here, but Lynn is, is carrying the load, doing a great job. And then uh, Robin and I. But uh, just share about your small group. You can sign up for small groups on the app, uh, or you can just see the different small group leaders. And so give us some information. Well, this is the Bible. Oh, you okay? We almost lost somebody back there. But anyway, um, all eyes forward now, children. (laughs) This is the inspired Word of God, right? We believe that, right? Uh, It says, the Bible says, it's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. The Apostle Paul says, study to show yourself approved. And that's what we're doing. We're looking at the book of Genesis, which is jam-packed full of stuff. We started this last semester. We're going to repeat some of it. We're going to review it, but continue on with it because it talks about the God created the heavens and the earth. If you believe that, it just changes the way you live. We talked about the image of God. It just He took some of my fire. We're going to talk about that a little bit. What does that mean to you? And there's other things as well. We're going to get into some of the characters. Um, Abraham, you've got Joseph, you've got... Jacob and a, a whole bunch of other things and, and and we're going to get into it and study the word of God and let God do some amazing things in your life. We look forward to having you in our home and we'll give you our address later. Yeah. You'll get you'll receive it when you sign up. But uh, Jack and Michelle, if you'd come uh, and and share about your group. You know, I've heard and it's true uh, but I've heard criticism that this is the most biblically illiterate generation that's ever lived. I don't know if it's the ever lived, but, um, but, but there is definitely a lot of biblical illiteracy. In other words, people just don't know the Bible. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people that are sitting in churches on Sundays that don't know the Bible. And, and there's only so much that I can, I can, how I can teach it on Sunday morning and keep your attention. But there's a lot of opportunity to ask questions and grow together in these small groups. And so let's, let's grow uh, not only in our literacy of Scripture, but also in relationships and our faith. And so. Good morning. I'm Michelle Blondin. This is my husband, Jack. Uh, we're going to be teaching in the book of Acts um, here at the church. It's 630 on Wednesdays. Um, the book of Acts is about... It picks up from the, uh, the resurrection and carries us all the way through the, to the foundation in the beginning of the first church, which is really exciting because that wasn't a building like we think about church as a building. It was people. It was relationships and how that was formed and came together and the people and the passion. It's so exciting. And in reviewing the materials that were put together, um, we're going to be following a study developed by uh, Louis Giglio of Passion City Church. It's so amazing, and it's it's it will change your perspective. Um, what you look at, it's it's changed my prayer life. It's 
it's it's so exciting and i invite you to come and join with us bring your bible bring your your bible on this app on the smartphone and and something to record information within and we'll just do do bible study together and learn together about the relationships and just the power and the beauty um, that god's inspired church and what we have today amen thank you michelle and jack uh, lynn the better half of kevin and lynn be hosting a young adults group at our house in Blythewood and it's going to be about the ages of 18 to 30. We won't ask your age though if you show up. So we'll just say that. I, I know a few that are there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're in that age range we would really just love to have you. I mean I, I prepared, Kevin prepared some messages for me to read but it's really just a lot but the stats of um, the age group from about 18 to 30 it's just really scary like we can only find stats from 2014 and the amount of people in that age group that even go to church is just so low and this was in 2014 so much has gone on since then and it's just a hard time in in all of our lives from 18 to 30 there's so much going on so what we really want to do is just build relationships and just you know iron sharpens iron we want to have um some good unity somebody to fall back on and to talk to and and build some leaders up for this generation thank you thank you and it's not not for singles it's you're 18 to 30 you know no matter what season in life you're in and then the the group robin and i are going to be leading at jeff and sarah's robertson's house is laugh your way to a better marriage um, and this is a, it's five weeks long. It's a funny, uh, challenging, uh, uh, small group. It's video based and it'll be a lot of great discussion. And so I encourage you to come out and be a part of it. You're going to, you're going to, uh, definitely uh, benefit from it in your, your marriage. Uh, or if you're thinking about getting married, definitely come on out and sign up. We'll look forward to you being a part of it. Would you stand with me this morning? So we're just putting legs to this thing I'm trying to help you this morning with that knowledge behavior gap because it's easy to walk away and say yes relationships are important yes we need to care for one another yes we need to share our lives with one another but yet we don't do anything about it right you join a small group and all of a sudden it's like I'm in it I'm in the race we get to live it out let's guard that Let's guard that as our value. We're about relationships. We're about deep relationships. Don't make me call the click Nazi on you here at Vibe Church. 911. All nines. George Singh. That's right. Don't make me call him. But listen. Let's be about deep relationships and share our lives with one. Like I said the other week, I... You know, man, if, if there's, if reach out, reach out, don't, don't come and just expect, well, I'm here, you know, everybody's supposed to, you know, reach out, be a friend, right, if you need a friend. Father, we thank you. Thank you for what you've done. You called us together, Lord. You called us out of darkness. You brought us together to be the church, the ecclesia, 
Lord, help us to grow in our faith, to grow in our relationship with you as we grow together with others. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Before we leave here, talked a lot about relationships but the most important relationship in our life is our relationship with God if you don't have that all you have is religion all you have is maybe a belief in God you're missing you're missing out because it really is about a relationship with him I want to help you take that step and and begin a relation I want to introduce you to Jesus introduce you to a relationship it's so simple he loves you He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to guide you and direct you. Father, I pray for that person this morning who's not in a relationship with you, but they realize there's something in their heart that's longing for that right now. And I pray, Father God, that you would just drop that faith into their hearts, that saving faith, that faith to trust you. And if that's you, Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, God, I surrender to you. Let it come from your your heart. Say, God, I surrender to you. I give you my heart. I invite you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God. I trust you. with your spirit in Jesus name